What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Getting the Cash Flow Game with K and K. But today, there's only one K. So, guys, um, I was actually invited to um, go on the Founders of Founders Club podcast, Oliver Graff. You have not heard of him. You might have heard of Big Block Realty. So he is one of the owners, founders of that company. Um, they've got, gosh, I don't even know, 800,000 agents. It's crazy. They're growing. Um, they're, if you're in San Diego, they're massive here. Um, we know a lot of realtors uh, that work over there. We've known these guys for a while. Oliver's uh, podcast is super awesome. He interviews great guests. Oliver is, you know, they're into some really cool stuff over there. Um, went to visit his uh, studio. He, um, I don't even know what you call them. Mons. He paints like these cool, they have this like abstract. abstract art, but it's really cool shit, like stuff that you'd probably want to buy. And I was like, I feel like it's like NFTs, but they were doing NFTs before NFTs were cool, if that's what they were. So they got a lot of cool stuff. Um, Big Block Realty, Founders Club Podcast. They also have a kind of a mastermind. It's the, um, what's it called, Monty? I think the closer, closing table? Closing table, sorry guys. Um, my brain's not really working today. But anyways, um, he had me come on. We talk, He just interviewed me, uh, which is kind of funny because I'm used to interviewing everybody else. So we kind of talked about real estate, mindset, getting up early, investing. Um, my thoughts are probably around money, things like that. So it's a cool episode. So if you want to hear me get interviewed and ramble a little bit, uh, check it out. Check it out. And also, Oliver is going to be coming on soon, so you'll get to have me reverse the tables and interview him. Otherwise, thanks, guys. And remember, 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 you need to share this stuff. You need to like this stuff. And for God's sakes, give us a review. Keep sharing this. Uh, blow the channel up. Um, keep helping us out. We do appreciate. Love you guys. Thanks for all the support. Without further ado, here's Kenny. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Founders Club. Today, I'm gonna be sitting down with Kenny Simpson of the Simpson Mortgage Team at C2 Financial. He has managed thousands of units over his career and been involved in many multifamily projects. And he's also the host of the Get in the Cash Flow Game with K&K podcast. We're gonna be talking about all of his biggest marketing lessons that he learned working with Gary Vee how you can automate and scale many parts of your real estate business with software and virtual assistants, and his strategies for earning and generating massive cash flow. If you have any questions, put them in the box down below. Make sure you roundhouse kick that like button so other people just like you can find this video. And if you like real estate and you like money, hit that subscribe button so you're in for future episodes, and we'll see you on the inside. Welcome to Founders Club, the show for real estate entrepreneurs. So sitting here with Kenny Simpson, excited to have a good real estate marketing. Cheers. Potentially crypto related conversation. <laughs> oh God, here we go. Um, but I remember when I first met you, something I thought was like, whoa, that was pretty cool, was you had this like, I don't know what it was, but it was like an old school Impala or something like that. 67 Lincoln Continental, yeah. The Lincoln Continental, yeah. You still have that? Yeah. Man, that's, a sweet, that's a sweet That ride. car literally gets like, it's funny because I have it, but it's a rarity. So that car gets so much attention, it's literally insane. 
Like it will be places I've had to get this fixed or that, and people are like we had a Lambo here. This it's like just boom. It's, it's everyone's just, on it's beautiful. It. Yeah, it's just yeah big body, Dude, it's just long a, it's a boat. It's a boat. <laughs> it gets yeah. literally like five miles to the gallon. I think it literally. I fill it up. I'm like, what the hell just happened, dude? I just Crazy. it's half a tank. Yeah, yeah, but cool ride. Anyway, um, so you've been in the real estate game a long time. 17 years lending. 17 years, yep, uh, at C2. So to take a step back, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of how you got in the game, and then we'll talk about kind of your come up and and go from there. Yeah, so uh, was moved to San, like basically ended up in San Diego, said so I'm going to go to college here in 99, started going for college, and you know, unfortunately I didn't have support from parents at the time, so I had to pay for everything. So I was doing college, and then I realized – why am I here? Because I'm not going to use any of this. And I saw these people in 2003 and four making a shit ton of money in real estate. So I ended up, uh, Buddy literally called me when I was thinking about calling him, no joke, like literally called me the day before I was going to call him and I was going to ask him, can I come work with you? And he said, do you want to come work with me? I was like, this is weird. So I went and worked with him and uh, that was, uh, we did a branch, I was processing, did loans. And then at that time, then the market crashed. And that, that's when everybody got their PhD and getting their ass whooped. Mm-hmm. Or as Mike Tyson says, uh, what is it? You get punched in the mouth or, you know. Then you know how it really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got that. And then um, that's why I feel like my journey really began. And uh, it was 2008, basically hit the reset button. And I met uh, Crystal, my wife. I knew her. We got together. And then we, uh, I was like, dude, what are we going to do? And we, I was living in a one-bedroom apartment in Encinitas. And we started working out of that. And then just moved into office and lo and behold, you know, did a bunch of loans, bought a bunch of real estate and had a property management company. We had 1500 units at the height, sold that, did a lot of stuff with rehabs, just the whole gamut, you know? Mm-hmm. And then realized, okay, we, got, we want to have a family. You cannot work 80, 100 hours a week. Sold the property management company and realized we're going to do loans. And um, we're going to buy, uh, you just keep buying multifamily real estate. And then I ended up uh, saying, man, I need to take up my time, but I need to learn this marketing and social media game. And I ended up uh, going, doing the 4D, landed in Gary Vee's office, Michelle came. Yep. And uh, he looked at me, he's like, why are you here? And I told him my story, he's like, so what are you doing here? I was like, I don't know, I just like social media. He goes, well, go back to San Diego and fucking give it all away. and." just go on camera and like what does that mean he goes you'll figure it out and so we started a podcast and started doing content and i think we're what 140 episodes into the podcast that's awesome and so just you know own a bunch of real estate and honestly working on the brand and marketing and just you know now i'm sitting here with you yeah cool <laughs> no so i want to uh there's a, there's a lot there yeah. that i want to kind of get into um i know you you did study with gary which i think is super cool um uh, and I know you're big on investing, which I definitely want to touch on, especially in the multifamily stuff, especially right now. Um, why don't we start with just your your come up in the loan business? Talk to me about um, from where you started to like building it to a big business. You know, the loan business is interesting. I got in, it was uh, like subprime. Mm. So unfortunately, I literally just was in that world. I didn't even really know about a paper. And then, you know, to hear people go, oh, you do subprime. Well, that, that's like, we look at you like you're a rat. And I go, what do you mean? They're like, oh, we don't even touch. I just do a paper. They're like, that business is going to go away. You're like, sure it will. Mm. 
and that business went away. And when was this? When, yeah. That was 2004, five, okay. six. Yep. I was just in shops that were doing negams and, yep. and you know, like somebody says is, how many Pick times- Pick payment. You, yeah, how many times you say, I can't believe they funded that loan. I can't believe they gave that guy a loan. And now you look back, you're like, well, well no wonder we had a crash, mm -hmm. you know? And so after I kind of shook that off, when I hit the reset button, obviously it was just a paper. So when I started over again, I ended up back and just, you know, kind of doing my own thing. I never really wanted to be big or have a branch, just kind of always wanted to create like me, my team model. And, um, you know, fast forward, I went through some direct lenders and now I'm at C2 Financial Broker. And really what I focus on is I, I'm there because I feel like best rates, best service, direct lending model wasn't for me. And I can kind of be an entrepreneur or mm -hmm. entrepreneur and do what I want to do. And uh, so, yeah, you know, but between Crystal and I, and she does a commercial, we've done, you know, over a couple billion dollars of loans, um, helped a lot of clients. I work with a lot of first time home buyers. We work with a ton of real estate investors, you know, whether they're buying their 10th deal, first deal, obviously our knowledge and backgrounds helped. And so today, as I said here, um, learning from guys that are bigger than me, I think where my model's going is, is a lot of my business, 95 is uh, from referral, which is great but I really wanna start building the consumer direct model. So I'm doing, we're doing a ton of testing with you know, Instagram, Facebook, Google, Bing. I'm actually gonna next week start shooting a commercial, start trying commercial, you know, TV. TV I'm trying ads. it all. Mm -hmm. So my goal is I'm gonna try 12 different things, see what works and figure out in six months to 12 months it works and plow all the money in and go. And that's why I realized, you know, having the podcast, doing the content, the personal brand, somebody like you, I get a referral, you hang up with me, you go online, look at me, I go, oh my gosh, I listen to your podcast, it really helps. Mm -hmm. So the Gary thing is right, it works. Um, so I've been jabbing a lot. Yep. And it's time to start hooking, which is I think start utilizing all this stuff you used. To like tie it all together. You yeah, know. and I didn't really realize where I'd land or what it's gonna get me at, and now I realize like, like Gary says, if somebody goes online and whether you're an agent says, I'm gonna use you or you and I look up and you have nothing online and you have 100 YouTube videos and this brand, I'm probably gonna pick you. Mm -hmm. And you have 100 five-star reviews. Yep. So I think you understand that too. So that's that's kind of the model and that's I think the future of loans is, you know, there's the Quickens and all these, it's great, but you can be a smaller guy, have a brand yep. and do your own marketing and really crush it. And how's your team set up now? It's you and how many people? Yeah, so it's me. Um, I have marketing, so Monty does marketing. We have a team over there, and then really it's me and three girls now, and they just literally focus on processing. And then I'm gonna um, bring in a junior LO under me to start helping with the leads. And then I'm more like, I really like to be like lean and mean and just really working on the system. So a lot of it's yeah. automation. So when a client comes in, uh, you know, because you're on the you know you're on the other side of this deal. So a client comes in, they fill out a loan app. Some of them don't know what the hell the loan process is. They've never done it. We've done it 50 times, 100 times, 1,000 times. So we use a lot of automation. So they come in, It's they're getting dripped on, appraisals ordered, CDs out, disclosures out. There's They're getting an email, they're getting a text. The agent's getting notified when they mm. need to. I'm sending a video to the client too. It says, you don't know what an appraisal is? Click here, let me explain it. You don't know what a CD is? Click here. You don't know what a closing, you know, like understand closing, like, so I'm really using technology all in automation and figuring out how to basically use these systems and bring them all together. Mm -hmm. So I just, I put myself into whatever business you are and go, if I'm walking through this experience and I have never done this or I've done it, 
what am I looking for? And I think consumers now, they want efficiency, they want transparency, they, you know, they want speed and they also want good rates, but they, you know, if you can communicate with them through technology and automation, I save a lot of extra calls to my team, to everything that's just, it's, you know, to us, it's, I know a client wants an answer, but it's a lot of waste of time because I can give them the same video to the same people because I'm getting the same questions. Yeah. So that's what's really built over is just, and then obviously the power of a personal brand and using, you know, technology like Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or just do a podcast. It's insane. Like just getting your story out there and people hearing go, Oh, I want to work with a guy like that because of all these things. Yeah. Yeah, what I like what you said there, a couple things. Uh, one, automation. I think the more things you can automate in the business, the better. The more time freedom you're going to have, the more efficient you're going to be, all that stuff. So I want to get to that. Um, but also the customer experience. It sounds like you're heavy focused on the customer experience, which is something that we talk about a lot is how to build a business the right way, right? Is focusing on the customer experience and then that means sometimes you might have to say no to things that make you more money or you might have to like go the extra mile and like really go out of your way to do something but because you're delivering that customer experience you're delivering the word of mouth the five-star reviews and this bank of like goodwill yeah so um as far as the automation side thing uh side of things goes talk to me about how you're doing that like what what tools are you using? What uh, yeah. and, and what pieces are you automating? Yeah, so you know when you come from a direct lending world, you kind of are plugged into their system. So if it doesn't work for you, you don't have a choice, right? They've already built the system, so I didn't like all the tools. So now you come in the broker world, you just have like all a card of options. So you start testing and you start calling people and friends that are already, mm -hmm. hey, you've been a broker longer, what are you using, what are you using, what are you using, or hey, what's this guy? Seems like he hasn't figured out what are you using. So, you know, for the loan officer origination system, you know, there's Point, there's Encompass. We use a thing called um, Lending Pad. And so we have that. And then CRM system is Set Shape. So they all link together, they all talk together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what it is is that, you know, I send an email to you, you click a link, you're filling out an application, and then you get to the, depending on how you answer the questions, then you're gonna get a list of items I need and you upload them in the bucket. If you don't upload, if you give me, if I have 10 and you upload eight, you're gonna get an email back saying, you owe, Oliver, you owe me two more. Mm. And so you can see how it's going. And then when I get a loan approval on the backside, I basically say, here's the conditions we need, same thing and upload. So I'm not trying to make it really streamlined process. And the beautiful thing about brokerage, which I didn't know is when I came over, everybody's like, oh, have you ever heard of this company called UWM? And I was like, I heard of them, but what's everybody's making this big deal. They're like, they close loans, they've just figured it out. And so, you know, I could take somebody that called me, you know, three weeks ago and said, hey, past client, we need to buy a home. And I just wrote an offer for 15 days, is that a problem? You know, usually you're panicking and I was like, well, it's not a problem for me. Can you guys move that fast? So, you know, you get the contract on Friday at five, Monday, order the appraisal. By the next Monday, we're clear to close loan docs out. How do you do that? You gotta have a system. Mm -hmm. It's not just me. I've gotta have me. I've gotta have my AMC. I've gotta have my lender. So not just me. Me working alone is not it. My lender has to have the same system, AMC, all that. And appraisers have to be like, you gotta be working with title escrow that can move quick too. Yep. If you're telling me your title and escrow is taking three, four days to give me stuff because they're busy, that's a problem for the selling agent when I call you and say, hey, they're holding up the deal. Yeah. So I'm using, 
CRMs that communicate with my LOS system. So when I make an update in an LOS system that says, hey, Oliver, your disclosures went out, I don't have to call you and say, you get a text, you get an email. And you also get, a, a you know, like I said, the link in there. If you don't know, what am I supposed to do here? There's a video to tell you. Yeah. So I just leave it all. That's the part I think is super interesting and something I think that everyone should be doing for their business, right, is find those like frequently asked questions or points of confusion and just create a quick video around it, which you can add to your YouTube library and put out on all your channels. Um, and then put it all together with the automation pieces like, oh, hey, your appraisal's coming up. Here's what's gonna happen. Here's, you know, walk them through the process. And that way you and your team don't have to actually do it, but they still get the experience of like having all their questions answered and all that. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is why people don't do it, I can tell you, as Monty knows, it is a shit ton of work. Mm-hmm. It is it is a mountain of work. Figuring it out, getting on Zoom calls, more Zoom calls. Like if I didn't have her or the team, there's no way. If you're a single alone, you're gonna you're never gonna get it done. But I do know that if you get this done and you can deliver this customer experience and you can now, now it's like, okay, bring this in, then I can flow traffic my way. Yep. And that's what I'm doing is, yeah. is just moving the traffic here and giving them experience. Just like anything, you know, you're gonna go back, you're gonna yeah. get the referrals, you're gonna crush it. So you know, I was always told by a top um, producer, it's like, don't go get the business first, build your system first. So I really f- focus on that. I mean, my referral business is great, but I might, you can do a lot more with marketing, as you mm-hmm, know. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, okay, get this done, turn up the marketing, let's go. That's great. How long did it take you to put it all together? I mean, I'd say we've been working on it for, definitely since like, well, last year. But I would say we tested systems these people say that doesn't work. These people say there's this. So you also have to go through systems. Oh, yeah, you got to go through companies and be like, basically, I just got sold a turd. <laughs> you know, like it's not good. Yeah. So then you realize these are the systems. Maybe it works for somebody else. It doesn't work for me. So I would say, you know, I'm a good solid year into this and God knows how many hours. Yeah. But it's something you work on weekly, daily. Monthly. But it's worth it because now you've built the back end machine. And now you just, like you said, you need to open up the traffic wheel and now you're on, you're trying to do radio, TV, you're like taking the advertising to the next level yeah. because your back end can handle it and it's uh, it's a good process. Yeah, and then we have another company we work with called Verse. I don't know if you heard of them. Yeah. Yeah, so a lead comes in, they'll call, they'll text, they'll ask the questions. So they'll basically make sure if I get somebody on the phone, it's the qualified lead and we'll do the live transfers. So yeah. we got that set up. Yeah. That's huge. So you're not stressed about, oh my gosh, you got 10 leads today. You're like, if I get a call, it's already been vetted, vetted, and it should be somebody that I should be talking to. Not, I got to call these 10 leads and I can't get a hold of anybody. And I'm chasing them. You know, they yeah. do the chasing and you just get the. the yeah, gates. great. Uh, Great product. Yeah. I don't want to call it a product because it's real people behind yeah. it, but <laughs> yeah. it's awesome bolt on to your business. Yeah. yeah. I know agents use it. It's yeah. like both. Yeah. The Tall Brothers, right? Right. David it's... Tall. Shout out David Tall. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So what's uh, what's next then? For the lending? For you. Yeah. What's, what's So for lending really is uh, just honestly like now it's now we're basically testing a lot of different things and uh, figure out what's gonna work best, even though everybody says, oh, this works good. Uh, you know, numbers, numbers, yeah. data, don't lie. And I think six, eight months, we'll know what really works in the marketing side, and then I'll just focus on, you know, applying capital to those sources to get the leads. You know, really my goal is I've done loans long enough, and I'm like, I know what the consumer wants, and I know, 
you know, that I can get a re my, my reef. I tell people, if you get a refi with me, your 15 days or less we're done. I, the only reason it goes over, unfortunately, it's your fault. Not right. Me. Right. If I get an appraisal waiver, I'm probably, and I get a clean file, I'm clear to close in four to six business days. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So if you can do that, it's like, like just flow the traffic in and I'm looking for that person that wants to get it good rate, get it done quick. No yeah. BS. Let's go. Very cool. Yeah, I like that. That's impressive what you built there. Um, so you're going to do a lot of testing. It sounds like you just are really trying to find the best channel, hone in, and then double down on that. Yeah, and I, I, so I've literally talked to so many marketing people, you know, the Billy Jeans of the world, all that. I know you know him. It's like yeah. there's no answer. They're going to tell you you got to test, you got to test, and test, and test, and test. So right. I realize there's no secret sauce. There really isn't. You really, it's not just testing the leads. You got to have the back end. So I realized, no, I've, I've met so many of them, especially the mastermind we were mentioning before. They're like, Kenny, I can't. Nobody just has, just do this and you're good. Yeah. You've got to test. Yeah. And their guy's been marketing for 10 years, 20 years. They're still dealing with it. So the marketing piece is, um, that's tough. And the other part of it too is you can almost make any of them work if you do it right. Yeah. Like there's no... Like you said, there's no, oh yeah, if you just do this and you just say this on this channel, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. like your realtors, like what works? It's like open houses, flyers, door knocking, yeah. you know, whatever. Right. Zillow ads, Facebook ads, yeah. you know, it's just, there's so many, right? But you have to have the system. If you're going to do all that and spend the money and time, you got to have the system that it's going to work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You really want Especially it. on the quick follow-up with people. I think, uh, yeah, it's huge. It sounds like you've got that piece dialed too. Yeah. Verse and Working all that. On all yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so back to like the Gary V stuff. Yeah. I know you, you got to go and do the day with him. So first, like, what was that like? It was cool. Um, what was crazy about it is that um, I never really was, did the social media, did nothing. And then, I land in his office and I happen to sit at the edge of a table, uh, me and this guy at the edge and didn't know, but okay, they put me over here and Gary's gonna sit here. So, you know, Gary came walking in. I was like, oh shit, it's Gary V. And, um, you know, he gave us three hours, but uh, everybody's always like, what did you take away? And I think the takeaway is like, you know, honestly, it's like, get started. Like we all sit around and talk about, I'm gonna start a podcast, I'm gonna do a YouTube channel, I'm gonna start this, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna start doing videos instead of my clients, I'm gonna set up the back end, I'm gonna do the mark, right, what we just right. talked about. But there's a guy, the reason why Gary Vee's doing all this crazy stuff, cause he just, he goes and goes and goes. And I think it was just, a, sometimes you need to sit in the room, it's like, you just need to get started. And I think also the other stuff is, is that um, networking and being around like-minded people you know, those people in the room, uh, some I still talk to. One guy had a podcast. It was easy to call and go, hey, what's all your equipment? Cool. Here's the link. Go on Amazon, buy it. Cool. Mm -hmm. I have my all my stuff. I don't have to sit there and, you know, read for 20 hours, figure it out. Like I had, maybe it wasn't the best equipment and maybe we upgraded now, but it was like quick, cool, yeah. let's go. So connections and then obviously being around Gary, um, he's insane. The guy's schedule at that time, that was like, you know, pre the pandemic and all that, but his schedule was insane. Like the guy's like, if I barely have time to take a leak, you know, it's the guy's just back to back to back to back to back. It's, they're like banging on the glass. Let's go. You got somebody waiting for you over here. It's, 
He likes it, but it's intense. It's not yeah. for everybody. Yeah, I don't know if I could hang with that. Not all the time. No, no. It's it's <laughs> that's a big, it's, uh, it's a not lot. for everybody. Yeah, yeah it's a sure. lot for sure. So you said that the the biggest takeaway was getting started. So what did you start when you left? I came back and uh, we weren't doing any social media, you know. So that's how we ended up meeting Monty, and then we started the podcast. And look, I tell people, I shot a lot of videos. I couldn't get comfortable. Like mm -hmm. everybody's like, you're comfortable. I said, I didn't like a camera. If you put a camera in front of me to speak, I'd be like, you better get that freaking thing out of my face. I was not right. comfortable at all. And then I had to literally have a self-talk, like if you're gonna do this. And so I shot a ton of videos we did with Monty and Crystal's like, yeah, that's all garbage, throw that away. I'm like, what, I showed up at my this? Because that's not you, you're not being you. And finally one day I clicked, I was like, this is me. And so it, just because I came back and did stuff doesn't mean it didn't take me six months to figure out me being comfortable in front of a camera, yeah. me knowing what am I gonna post. So it literally, when I say get started is, you're gonna fumble, you're gonna fall, you're gonna have insecurities, you're not gonna know what works, you're gonna right. lose time, you're gonna lose money, but that's the whole part of the process. Yeah. So, Yeah, that is, that is part of the process and it's just like anything, right? If you wanna go learn how to golf, you gotta start swinging a golf club. Right. If you want to do the social media thing, build a big brand, you got to you just got to get used to getting comfortable in front of a camera. It's super weird. I didn't like it at first <laughs> either. Um, it takes a while to get used to. But and when you look back on your early videos, like they're brutal, like I can't even. Walk oh, God, yeah, yeah. They're it's so painful. terrible. But you just keep doing it. And you just keep getting better. Just like the more you swing a golf club, the better your stroke gets. And eventually you'll be able to get it down the down the middle. Yeah. So that was my big thing. It just, it was, uh, sometimes you just need to maybe hear something or you need to, that boost. And then, you know, that's what it was. I don't think I, they went in there, they went over a lot of different things in there, but it wasn't, you know, I can say I learned 10 different things. Obviously you went through how they run their business and they do social media and all this. And you realize, okay, Gary V has 28 people that work yeah. just for him. Yeah. It's a lot. That's why he moves that fast. Mm -hmm. And he was like, and if you think you're going to catch me, I'll have 48 motherfucker. So good luck catching me, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. so that's what I realized. Like, and, um, you know, like moving fast in the marketing world and constantly trying and testing and changing is important too. You mm -hmm. can't just think, okay, I'm going to do this ad and it's going to run forever. Like you've got, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, people are moving quick. Even yeah. Billy Jean said that is like, I'll tell you one thing, speed matters. You gotta be able to test and move, and if you can't put out, you can't shoot a video, put it out, put an ad out tomorrow. You're competing with guys like me that I can. Mm -hmm. So, having a good team too, you know. Yeah. So it's taken. Yeah, we spent what two and a half, three years now, and it's like we finally have a rhythm down. We know each other. We know what we need on the team, but we're improving every day with it, you know. So let's talk about the teams real quick, because we have a content team. You have your content team. Um, I think a lot, I get a lot of questions about that too. Like how many people do you need? What is each person doing? Who's doing what? Um, so why don't we talk about that a little bit? Like you ready for the hack? Yeah. Well, yeah, let's hear it. Hire VAs. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. I have them in my loan business. Mm -hmm. I have two VAs for one and people are scared, but I got VAs because I realized a lot of successful people around me. I'm like, wait a minute, use a VA. They're like, yeah, I can afford somebody else, but a VA shows up. There's no BS. They're excited to make money because so they don't, they, they, they yeah. don't have a, so VAs are huge. So, you know, if you have somebody that sits in your office, that's going to make 60 grand a year and they can only, they're a one trick pony, then you got to hire another one. You could get very expensive. Mm -hmm. I get it. But if you're kind of like, 
What if I have a really good superstar that can manage VAs? This VA does editing. This VA does social media posts. This VA does um, other social media posts where they find the content, they do this, and then Monty checks it. This VA does uh, is an assistant for Monty. She works on the website. This so you really, when you get further into the game, like you are, you realize, okay, we're doing more stuff, we're producing more content, we want to move faster. You need more people because Monty used to do it all. You're like Monty can't be an editor, can't post, can't do the podcast, can't video. You know, it, you go, it's okay. You, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. So the team is made up of one main person and surrounded by them is posting, editing, things like that. So what we do is we take someone like Monty and go, okay, what is everything you got to do? What sucks up your time? But you can hire an editor. Mm -hmm. You can hire somebody to post. Mm -hmm. You can hire somebody, and we just outsource. And that's so how many VAs do you guys have on the team right now? Three. Three. Pretty soon, probably five. Yeah. I mean, well, I'll probably have a total of, I bet you by the end of the year, we'll probably have a total of eight to 10 VAs. Yeah, I love I love that. Um, we had a lot of struggles at the beginning getting it to work, so I want to get into like that a little bit. Um, and we, we were using uh, a lot of like people from the Philippines and stuff like that. Um, now we found a company called Virtual Latinos. They're all Central and South Americans. Um, they've been really good for us. We got them in our property like, management Thank you. company. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, check uh, them out. Um, I can even introduce you if you want. Yeah, um, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So um, what are the three that you're you hired now? What are they all doing? It sounds like an editor. Editor, post, and then what's your other one? Copy, yeah. Copy, yeah, like copy, writing yeah, the posts. Copy, and then we're, we're working on writing. And I'll tell people this is, you know, we're, we're gonna probably get another editor because I'm like, Monty, I wanna produce more. You know, I go into these masterminds and, you know, there's Chris Kahn up there, if you know who he is, and he's like, we get a call, he's like, yeah, you need to post more, dude. He's like, I'm taking a, this guy's like, okay, I take a video, then we strip it down, and we do 700 posts in a week, and you're like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. What, did you? I mean, did you say seven or yeah, hundred? Yeah. How do you do that? How do you? How do you? How do you do that? This is who we're competing with. Yeah. But then you realize, okay, I don't need to do seven hundred. But you realize. So I tell people when you're hiring VAs, say, cool, here's this video. Here's a video like I've done before. I like how this looks. Here's four VAs. Say you're all being interviewed for a job. I need you to make create five snippets and edit this video and come back to me. Well, I can't get that done in three days. Okay, well, you're out. you're out. I can do it, and then you come back, and who's the best? Yeah, and that's how we find people. That's mm -hmm. how, and some work, and some don't. So you know, it's it's this isn't like you step up to the plate and you're just gonna knock it out of the park. You, right. If you do, God, you're lucky. Yeah. You're super lucky. And on that note too, when you find a good one, make sure you take care of them, um, because they're worth their weight in gold. When you got someone that once they're trained, they're ready, they know what they're doing. They become very low maintenance as long as everything is like you were saying, processed out, checklisted out. Um, where do you guys go to find your people? Is it like Upwork or something like that? Yep, and then I have another company for my processing. I'm trying to think who that company is. I'm drawing a blank. It's another company like you have. It's like I went to more of a company. It's a US, the guy, basically it's a little bit more, they qualify him in this and I just wanted to move faster. So I got more quality. I can always send you the name. You might've known him. Um, yeah, and that's what we do. But yeah, at first it's weird. You're training over Zoom and it's kind of awkward. But, you know, I always tell people, if you look at these resumes, as you probably know, 
they came from a call center. They came from this. They're in 10 years in a call center. And they're like, you don't even understand what being micromanages. They had a manager upon a manager and yeah. a manager. And they're like, you know, they're like, Kenny. It's 300 like, calls a day. Like, yeah, they're like, Kenny, it is. They got out of that environment because they're like, this is brutal. This is too much. And so they're grateful to have a job. Um, when they call out sick or anything, it's really a big deal for them because they're worried that you're going to get upset. And mainly, they show up with a good attitude and ready to work. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah, totally second we live in a place in San Diego and you'll deal with attitudes and I'm busy and it's sunny out and I don't feel good and it's it, it's hard, you know, yeah. and you're like, guys like us, we just want to work, we want to get stuff done. Like, yeah. not everybody thinks like us, it's fine, but you need people on your team that have that same mentality. If not, it's going to be a problem. Mm. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's good because VAs are really like a game changer if you can get them to work. And like you said, it's a lot of like heavy lifting up front. But once they're set up and they know your game plan and they know what to do, they're happy, they're motivated, they're loyal. And it's like at the beginning, they're like, Mr. Graf this, Mr. Graf. I'm like, it's not like that. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah and they're you, just, you yeah. know, they're just excited you, for the opportunity. You could probably get three really good VAs if you train them for probably like one person here. Yeah. So I always tell people, I look at this, I go, you know, you're one person and if you have three people on your team, four people, six people, and they're working every day towards different things, well, if it's three people and they work eight hours a day, you have 24 hours of work being done. 48 hours, 50 hours. So I look at that, I'm like, with 50 hours of work, what can we get done in a day? What can mm -hmm. be done in a week and a year? Yeah. And I'm really starting to understand that and going, okay, like let's be impactful here. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, like, you know, so that's how I'm looking at it. Like, it's more like the bang for your buck is ridiculous, but you can, if you hire two VAs, you have, now you have, you know, 16 hours of work being done in a day. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Moves the needle. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about investing. Yeah. I know you're a big multifamily guy. Um, so talk to me about what you're investing in now and kind of. A little bit about the background so um, this is probably one of my favorite topics it's passion um, probably why we started the podcast too uh, so I think even just young I always wanted to get in real estate and I was uh, intrigued by real estate and I think you know you fast forward today um, I just think when people really understand why they're investing so you know I always tell people I get a call from the first-time person it's like call Kenny He'll give you 30 minutes, he'll talk, you know, you wanna buy your first deal. The conversation usually starts off, well, why are you buying something? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you, what do you, why are, we, why are you buying it? Because don't tell me you're gonna buy just because your friend bought. Like, <laughs> so a lot of times I tell people is, what's the game plan? What's the purpose? Um, first, you wanna know that. Second is, what are you trying to buy? You know, is it one unit, two unit, four unit? And then, um, and then secondly, you know, after that, it's, if you're gonna buy this property, who's managing it, who's running it, what's this, and then the financing and all that. And so for us, we ultimately ended up in multifamily. And so for me, it's very simple. I tell people, I posted the other day, it's like, you know, we used to buy multifamily, rehab it, cash out this, and then we started really understanding the game where it's like, this is what we do now. We pick, typically buy, you know, buildings here in town, 20, 30 units. Um, it costs money to put down, millions of dollars. So I buy a building, I put a couple million dollars down, 
Um, I go get a cost seg on it, if you know what that is. Mm-hmm. I basically take the cost seg, give it to my CPA, and I wipe my income. And people go, what do you mean? I go, I pay zero tax. Mm-hmm. And they, I said, when you understand that game, the game's over. And then basically when I do that, this asset now pays me cash flow. I wipe my income. I go do it again. I go do it again and again, unless they change the rules, the laws or something. And I said, at that time, my building goes up in value, right? Rents go up. I can pull ca- tax-free cash out. Yeah. It's So the multifamily game, when you understand it, it's a very, it's a great place to be in. I mean, I, I mean there's, there's clients I know that have literally bought their building back again. They bought it 20 years ago and they're buying it again. Yeah. Like, why are they doing that? I said, it's just a game. It's a tax thing, it's a cash flow thing, it's, I'm in an exchange, it's crazy. So we ultimately ended up in the multifamily game because I think of all the things you can do with it. Mm-hmm. And one to four is tougher, it's harder to scale. You know, I tell people if you have 100 homes and you want to sell them all once and trade up, that's really, I mean, you gotta be a magician. Yeah. But if you have 100 units and you want to sell it and trade up, it's a lot easier. Yeah. So that's why I ultimately picked the multifamily game. I think a lot of people start with a you know one to four, which is smart, and they get their feet wet, and then they um, they move on. And I think you move on because you get educated. You start listening to podcasts. You read books. I mean, look, let's be honest. Like, there's more data and information than ever before. Mm-hmm. I think that's why more people are in multifamily. Maybe I was listening to Grant. He said, last five years ago, the amount of money that's come into you know, people buying assets that pay them cash flows out of control. And I'm like, yeah, because I think the internet, the international community is now seeing the podcast. The word's out. They flow, exactly, the word is out. And so they realize this is a really good business from a lot of different standpoints. So I like that. Um, We also manage, you know, over a thousand units. So I got a PhD. We probably, we did, we uh, rehab 500 units turn 2000 rehab 40 buildings i mean we had a we did so much stuff is insane we help people build portfolios um probably didn't get make as much money as you're doing it doing yourself but we really learned the game and mm-hmm. got around a lot of people and yeah. got a lot of respect and so you know for me it's really simple like i tell people this is exactly my philosophy monty's heard me say this a million times but i actually rent a home now i don't own so um we're getting pretty close to where all two years, two more buildings where I'll basically be able to wake up and the cash flow will pay for my life and a really nice home and I'll never have to work again. So I get to wake up every day, go to work to buy another building, not to pay my bills, mm-hmm. not to chase the buck. Oh, I like that. And so I tell people, you don't have to follow my thing, I said, but I'm around a lot of mentors that they decided to do that first instead of going to buy the car, buy the house, do all this stuff, and then they're like, now how are you gonna build this? It's really challenging. Mm. So we built this first and I can do that second. So my goal in life, I tell people, is just cash flow driven. And so when I wake up every day, I know where my dollar's going. I know that some's going, if it's going to tax, if it's going to this, that, but I save a lot of our money and I put it to work because I know why I'm putting it to work. Mm. And at one point, we'll buy a nice house, put the money down when I'm okay with it, and I'll have the cash flow, pay that, my life, everything. And then now I get to wake up and go to work just to buy more units, which is more of a generational legacy wealth thing. Yeah. And that's literally my mindset. And it's like, I mean, I get razzed by friends and everybody, even Crystal's like, we, we, I said, buying the prize, baby, you know? Yeah. So that's really the game for me. 
that's through mentorship. That's from people I've known. Um, you know, you know, you know people that I mean, going a couple thousand units here. They're it's like look, they worked hard, but the life's pretty easy. They work, but it's easy. Mm. It's coming in every month, mm -hmm. and so. I've done loans for 17 years and I've got to see people's financials and how they spend money and how they, it's amazing how many people make good money, but they literally have nothing left over. And I see the stress and I see the anxiety and I see how I'm going to save for college and all this. And I'm like, this is insane. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. And I see people over here that I've done a lot of loans for that are, they own properties. They're not stressed. They got cash flow. They got equity they can tap into. They're you're not driving Lamborghinis, Ferraris. They could, they're just pretty chill. It's the millionaire next door, but mm -hmm. that's but they get to travel. They get to enjoy life. They're hanging out with their kids, and I think that's more attractive to me than having this life where I've got to go grind every day and I'm so stressed out that it's like if I yeah. if I had to you know if I couldn't work for six months, I think I'd go broke. I think COVID, you know, like Warren Buffett says, when the tide goes out, you know, he's wearing pants. We were yeah. talking about that this yeah. run that we've had. You know, obviously we don't know where it ends or whatever, but you know, you're going to see the people that are over leveraged. That's mm -hmm. what happened last time will happen mm -hmm. again. Yeah. So I'd rather be over leveraged on multifamily that's paying me rather than over leveraged on a lifestyle that I got to pay for. Yeah. It's a great way to look at it. I love that. I wish I had my little horn over here. I'd be blaring my <laughs> horn, but we ran out of batteries. Um, so I want to break that down a little bit because yeah. I totally agree. I'm a big multifamily guy myself. Um, and it sounds like you're doing deals locally here in San yep. Diego, uh, twenty units plus. Yeah, yeah that's where we. That's where I kind of lie that's right a sweet now. Sweet spot. Yeah. Okay. And then, are you are you doing these as a group? Are you doing these solo? Are you raising money? Solo right funding? now. Okay. Solo now. Um, Chris and I've been hit up for a long time about syndication. Mm -hmm. So we are part of another mastermind. Um, Brad Sumrock, he's a big syndicator. Mm -hmm. We know him. Um, we looked into it. We studied it. We, when we lived in Miami, we went and drove within a four-day period, 50, 60 properties. We sized them. We've been to Dallas. Because of my podcast, I've got to meet syndicators all over the country. Yeah. Came to realize we're like, you know, cap rates have compressed. The days of eight years ago, well, I can go to here, here, and get, it's, I mean, like, yeah. if you think this market's crazy, expensive, go to Dallas, <laughs> go to Austin. I mean, right. some guy at BlackRock said he sold a apartment building. He didn't want to, but somebody called him and said, I'll pay you this. It was a two cap. They're an exchange. They're desperate. He's like, you want me to, you want to buy it? Yeah. He's like, cool. I don't sell, but he's like, you want a two cap? I'll sell all yeah. day. Yeah. Um, so I think that. When we looked around, we came back here and we're like, what is the difference from here in Florida or Texas? And I think people, we were having this debate on the podcast yesterday, but it's a lot of traffic going to Texas. And I said, but a lot of people are fearful of California because of taxes, because of regulation stuff. But I said, you know, regulation is starting to happen, but the, the returns are almost the same here as other places. I mean, mm -hmm. I looked at a lot of deals. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, if you want to raise money here, and you want to find 100, 200 unit buildings in San Diego, that's tough. There's just not much. That's why people go to Texas or Florida. Yeah. This There's a lot more of that there. Yeah. So we decided now we're probably, we would do syndication here, I think. Um, but I think now we'll just buy our own. I think we will eventually do like syndication, but I think we have two young girls. So it's like a lot of work right now with them. You know, one mm -hmm. and a half, three is too much. But down the road, that's what we want to do. Yeah. We interviewed Grant. 
Cardone. That was fun. And um, side note, he's like, you need to be using social media and buying $100 million deals. I said, that sounds great. He goes, you know, basically, no, go fucking do it. So yeah, yeah. it was like the Gary thing and <laughs> you should be competing with me. And I think, you know, that's something down the road we could do. I always tell people like, a lot of people are scared to go join masterminds. I know you guys do one that's badass and stuff and go spend money. You know, we spent, I'll be honest, $30,000 for Brad Summer. That's insane. I said, why? Didn't say to get educated. Mm. You spent $200,000 in college and you're still right. broke. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I want to go learn. I'm like, maybe I don't do it, but I'm like, I'd rather spend $30,000 and go raise money and buy a bad deal and lose millions of dollars for people. That's how I am. So. Yeah. We, we learn, you know, like you guys, you'll, you're not scared to spend money to learn. You're not scared and to be and I look at the ROI, like yeah. how, how much is this going to make me or save me? Cause a lot save. of times you just go, you get that one tip and you're like, oh wow, I never even thought about it like that, man. I could save this. I could just make this one tweak. That'll save me two or 3000 bucks on the bottom line a month over the course of the year. That's already the 30 grand right there. And you've already paid for it just off that one tip. Right. So yeah. like to your point. Um, I like that. Yeah. One of our mentors, Mike, he always says, uh, when you want to, you're going to play full price either way. You're going to pay in money or time. So if you want to pay in time and do it the hard way and the long way, that's one way to pay. Or you're going to pay and you're just going to get the shortcut up front. And so I'd rather pay to get the shortcut up front. I mean, literally. That's what these, that's what, like, you know, you know, you guys have been involved in what your is called? Closing table. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. you can get from A to B a lot faster now. 100%. The connections. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize too is being a part of these masterminds when you have people in there that have sold billion dollar exits or this, you know, they are part of groups too. And they're like, what do they need? And I'm like, because they realize that I don't know about this topic, but I bet you somebody in this group is a master of it. Like somebody yeah. could be wealthy and they're like, how do I, how do I figure this all out? How do I leave it to my kids? Yeah. But how do I not give them spoil? Like, oh, there's this guy that is bigger and smarter than me. How did he do it? I like how he raises kids. Oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to get in part of mastermind. And then we're going to go, I'm going to fly to his private island and go sit down and have a, you know, two day power at them. And I'm going to take notes and yeah. learn from him. Yep. 100%. That's what these guys are doing. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, so I think that, uh, you know, like you said, multifamily is the game and I think it's, uh, I, I like it. And so we are probably going to syndicate, but right now it's not, but we just keep buying. Um, I mean, hell, I wish I could buy more and more and more, you know, cause Honestly, it's, it's and if you really are in the game and you really understand what's going on in the economy and you really pay attention to the right people, the right stuff, and you understand what's going on, you you would be doing investing more than you would now. You know, mm. turn off the Netflix and turn on the you know YouTube. <laughs> like, there you right? go. And get off the couch. Dude, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Cool. So I have a couple more questions. Yeah. One thing I saw on. Uh, your LinkedIn bio was that you wake up at 3.45. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. So, yeah. Let's just say, yeah, I get up at 3.30 pretty much. That's how it Are like, you naturally an early bird or are you like setting an alarm to like... So crazy thing is, is that um, it's rare I wake up to my alarm. Mm. That's the crazy part. Um, I was getting up earlier and earlier and then so I had kids... So, you know, if you have kids, you come home, you're like, well, that time's gone. Mm -hmm. And then by the time night comes, you're like, I'm exhausted. So I started looking, I go, well, I used, you know, I used to get up at five. I go, it's not enough time. Get up at four, not enough time. I get up at 3.30. I get up, <laughs> you know, you have your time. I exercise, I run, do whatever. I get in the office. Like some mornings I'm in the office at 4 a.m. 
Saturday, there's a Saturday I'll be in the office at 4 a.m. I knock out work. Damn. I come home at 7 a.m. The girls are up. I make breakfast. I already, already, like I've already ran. Whatever. So it's a choice, but um, it's been a game changer for me for sure. I can, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of stuff you're able to get up done before anyone's even up is ridiculous. Yeah. COVID definitely like was weird because I got into running. Mm. So I was like, I live in Mission Hills and I was like running long distances, running downtown. And I was like, it was weird, everything shut down stuff. But I, I really enjoy running at like dark, a 4.30 time. It's weird, but it's like you're thinking, like the so shit that crazy. comes in your head and you're thinking, it's crazy. <laughs> like, I think for me that time, my body and brain and mind are a little bit differently. So I think I'm in, I'm like a go, 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 but I slow down at that time. Mm. So my mind slows down. So I wake up, I immediately listen to podcasts, I read stuff, um, do some post, um, maybe some meditation, you're stressed, do the workout. But my mind is thinking about things. That's when a lot of good ideas come because it's slowing down. Yeah. As soon as, it, as, soon as that 7, 8 a.m. come and the, the emails come and the texts and the calls, it's like, you know, to me it's, it's like, over. yeah, for me. Yeah, it's a great way to do it. I'm gonna have to, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to give that a try. I don't know, maybe maybe like five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, try five. Yeah. So I'll start there. Yeah, yeah, we'll start there. We'll warm up. Um, cool. And then the last two questions I have, I like to ask everyone: um, just what are your favorite tools, apps, softwares that you're using in your day to day or in your business that just you love that um, move the needle? So. I use, I mean, I, I'm on Instagram. I like Instagram. Okay. Um, I think who you follow on Instagram matters. Mm -hmm. So I probably follow people that I support, business people, entrepreneurs, so I'm learning from them. Maybe competitors in my space that are bigger, better than me, mm. that I'm like, rock on. And you start, so I think you can use that tool to become friends with people, support them, and then you realize that you're giving to them, they'll give back, and that could be a meeting, phone call, or advice, or questions, so you can help build your business. So if you're not following somebody in your business that's better than you, I think you're kind of missing out, mm. and being nice to them and supportive, like, just because a competitor is crushing it doesn't mean you gotta, you know, just be nice, it's good for, good for them. They're figuring out something you didn't. Yeah. Um, I like that, that's just using social media as a networking tool instead of, uh, I like what you said there about uh, you've got to be real careful about who you follow because, you know, you can follow girls and money and this and that, or you can follow thought leaders and competitors and people you want to network with, and you can use it to expand your business. Support them. Repost yep. them. Tag them. Say great job. Great mm -hmm. month. Awesome. Like, then they start realizing, and it's like you hit them up with a question, another question, and maybe you get a phone call, this. So, um, I mean... Those guys are learning from somebody. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, those guys that are putting out there that are active, I think Gary Vee all taught us this. It's like, be nice, be humble, be grateful. Like, like uh, you can't give a call to your competitor and just have a conversation. You gotta be a dick. Like, you know, I mean, yeah. what's, you know, yeah. we're here talking about, if I said, what are you using? I'm using, so I think that's that. Um, I mean, apps and stuff, like I'm trying to think, like shoot, what else I really like. Obviously, I think in my, my loan business, um, we like, uh, you know, the sh set shape has been really good. Okay. Like I like that, the more I dive in, the more that's working well for the business. I think anybody having a really good CRM, 
um, spending time in that and really, look, you can spend a lot of time, but the more time you put in to create automation and the videos and this and that can do really well, especially if you're being consistent with uh, emailing your database and keeping in touch. Yeah. But, um, and then tools is, uh, for a lot of people I'd say is your freaking alarm. <laughs> and I'll, you know, I'll say this about getting up early. Um, everybody's like, well, what's the tip of getting up early? I'm like, it's actually not the morning, it's the night before. So if you cannot get up early, you've got to have, if you're a coffee drinker, have your coffee ready, have your clothes ready. Do not put your cell phone next to you, put it across the room, makes you get up off your ass and go get it. Yeah. So when the alarm goes off and your wife might be like, what is going on? Then you're gonna realize <laughs> I gotta move faster because yeah. she's gonna get up. Um, so a tool is, I mean, I think the tool, I think the best is look at what we can do on this. Yeah. I mean, you can trade stocks, crypto, whatever, yeah. right? It's yeah. like, it's crazy. So yeah. I think the cell phone is, the ultimate tool and time sucker. You can be anywhere in the world, text, email, call. Use it for business. good or evil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Uh, so last question. Um, I know you have two young daughters, you said. I have two young boys. Okay. And I always like to ask, what would your advice be to the kids on how to be successful in life? Um, gosh, that's a good question. I would say number one is like I just said on social media is like, first of all, be nice. Like be nice, uh, root for your competitors, not bash on them. Um, I think one thing that I've learned from this whole social media and going into like these masterminds like you have is I walked into a room and you have a lot of successful people and I realized that there is a group of people out there that is like open arms, willing to share, willing to support you and it's like in the room and when you're not there. So I would say like as a kid is teach them when they go into, when they go into the school, it's like they can all, you can benefit from being nice and being resourceful. And it's not about just being competition, competition come together. And I think Gary, um, Grant Cardone, I, Ty Lopez told him once, he said, you know, when he did 10X, he goes, you know, Grant, you should really have more people on 10X. He goes, well, that's my competition. He goes, but what you don't realize is your competition will make you bigger. Mm. And that's when Grant started realizing, he says, I was always like, competition, crush them, screw them. Why would you help them out? And so I would tell kids, go help people out. Go help your competition out. Uh, I think it's gonna, I think it will pay dividends later. I look at the Gary Vee's, I look at the Dan Fleischmann's, I look at these guys that give, 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 and that they're really successful is because they give, give, give the gratitude and literally what they get in return is beyond success. Mm. So I would just, my, I'm gonna teach my kids is the gratitude to give, give, give. Um, don't expect anything back, but you will get more back. And I mean, I looked at Grant's, Cardone's grand, brand grow and he goes, it's because I did these masterminds, include all these people and they have their networks mm. and they helped me blow up. Yep. And so I realize now like you could team up with a competitor and do something big, uh, a mastermind, be like, what does it matter? We do different things. We're here on the same thing. We're here to help people and grow. So I don't know, to sum it up, it's like kids be, you know, gratitude and help other people out. And I feel like that really ultimately and be a good person. I think like that's going to go a long way. You can be super successful and have no friends and be an asshole. And that's <laughs> nobody wants that. You that's know? true. Yeah. And I've been into that. Too. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's a lot of those out there, right? You're lonely. Yeah. That's why I say it's, uh, uh, Drake says it's lonely at the top. He's like, no, it's not, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, I uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks I for having me. I think this has been a fun. great conversation. Um, you want to drop anything on where they can find you? Um, you know, if you want to find me, Ken, probably Kenny B. Simpson. Is that what it is, Monty? Kenny B. Simpson on Instagram. Probably find me there. Hit cool. me up. Cool. And then the also. podcast is? Getting the cash flow game with K&K. Perfect. Getting the cash flow game. So. A lot of good. There's honestly, it's like... Uh, a lot of good people on there, a lot of good episodes, a lot of learning. If you're looking to get in real estate, we especially like big or small, we got a lot of syndicators, people that went from like a W2 job to now their own 2000 units syndicating. It's cool. Yeah. You know, got out of the rat race. Yeah, yeah. Good story. So definitely go check that out. Uh, and if you guys like money and you like real estate, hit that subscribe button and we'll see you on the next one. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.